This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This show is brought to you by our show's sponsor, BetterHelp Online Therapy. Asking for help is hard but necessary. Despite the fact that we've come a long way in the destigmatization of therapy, there are still people out there struggling to get help. It takes incredible courage and strength to reach out to a mental health professional. That's where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy really is about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and 21 and over listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com forward slash holly. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash holly. Hello and welcome back to 21 and Over with Holly. I'm so excited to have everyone back for episode two. Firstly, I would like to thank everyone for your amazing feedback on behalf of the first episode. The amount of messages and kindness that I've received since going live has been insane. And I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me. As always, we're going to start with our check-in. We will do this just so we can discover a high and low point of our week and also see how we are feeling right now in this moment. Maybe together we could find the source of what a certain feeling could be. Tally, what have the highs and lows of your week been? So, it's so good to be back. Um, I think the high of this week was uh, the getting the opportunity to go to a wedding with the restrictions having eased a bit, um, being able to be around friends again. Um, it was just such a, such a treat. Um, and I think actually the lows of the week were... I get anxiety about getting anxiety. So mm. the fear of getting anxiety, especially actually about, you know, being at a social occasion mm -hmm. uh, with, with 30 people, you know, that, that's the biggest group of people I've been around in, in a long time. So uh, I, was, I, was, I was worried about getting anxious, about being socially anxious, but luckily uh, that didn't end up happening. So my high was definitely not being socially anxious at, at the wedding. How about you, Holly? What were your highs and lows of the week? Um, for me, I would say the high has been the positivity surrounding the first episode. It just has been amazing and the support and just makes me want to keep doing this and Good. keep yeah. talking about this. Um, and then for me, the low, I'd say my anxiety is so high at the moment mm. um, for very small things. I am definitely finding myself driving everywhere at the moment and... Whilst doing that, I get nervous about being late for things, which then I feel would show a bad example of myself. So okay. lots of pressure on yourself. So, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I drove somewhere very close to home. It takes me normally 15 minutes to get there. 
and I literally left an hour and a half. Mm. But I was early, so it was great. But I did sit in the car for about half an hour waiting before. <laughs> well, I don't think you're alone with that. I think it's, you know, anxiety at the moment and is, is everywhere. Everyone is anxious about all these little things because, again, there's been a big change. Mm. That, you know, lockdown's easing and, and life's sort of starting back to back to normal again. So I think it's actually very apt that today's topic is going to be anxiety. I know. Um, because I think that hopefully a lot of people can relate to anxiety at the moment and experiencing lots of it definitely how would you describe anxiety if you were telling a patient if I were to sort of put it succinctly I'd say that anxiety is is our body's natural response to stress so it's a feeling of fear or apprehension about what's to come and it can be useful when there's you know something that we need to pay more attention to but if our feelings of anxiety are extreme and interfering with our life, then it's not serving us in the way it's meant to. And it's probably stemming from something deeper. Mm. And I think there is a fear that anxiety is a bad thing. When they think, oh, God, I've got anxiety, they, they think it's, it's bad. But actually, it's such a natural response. You know, we, we need anxiety, you know, as I said, you know, earlier to you, you know, previously, we've been used to running away from lions or, or needing high levels of anxiety in order to survive. But we don't need that anymore. And, and so some of us still have this high levels of anxiety, high levels of adrenaline that, comes, that come with the anxiety. And it's not necessary, basically. And the thing with anxiety as well is that it's very habitual. So it's a, a, think of it like a pattern of, it's a thought process which creates the feelings, which then becomes like a habit. And, you know, you, if you ever think about, times that you then suddenly I'm like oh gosh where is that thought come from and why am I so anxious it's because the body is used to feeling that anxiety the feelings the hormones the adrenaline is, is actually quite addictive and the you know if if our if our body if we haven't felt anxiety you know if we're very used to feeling anxious and then we've had a you know period of time whether that's short or long without feeling anxious without having the adrenaline our brain will create a thought process that will then you know produce adrenaline and that's what the anxiety is and then suddenly we're thinking wait why am I suddenly worried about that happening I wasn't worried about it five seconds ago um, but it's because actually that the feeling the, the actual hormone the adrenaline itself is addictive and is part of the whole process but I I do want to stress that anxiety is not bad and when we label it as bad we can misunderstand it because the anxiety itself is not harmful in any way. Don't get me wrong, I've experienced many panic attacks in my time and I do know that they feel like you're gonna die. But the anxiety always passes. And if we're able to, to manage that level of, of, of anxiety in the moment, if we're able to sit through it and not actually act on it, it takes the power out of it every single time. And that's when we gain control over the anxiety. I mean, I definitely can relate to what you said. I often find myself imagining the worst possible scenario mm -hmm. in anything something so small for example with the going to a place that I go to weekly going to see my psychiatrist I can imagine because I drive there all the time and I imagine what if there's roadworks on that road how am mm -hmm. I going to go that way what if there's a really tight turn and my car doesn't fit through what if the traffic's really bad um, and it's definitely building up and actually today I was running a bit late so I didn't leave an hour and a half to get there. <laughs> I left just an hour and I was absolutely fine. Mm. So I felt so smug. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes I think actually, 
you know, if you think about a time, if you sometimes playing the tape forward, actually, and thinking about the worst case scenario is not necessarily a bad thing. So tell me a time recently that you were really anxious that you were thinking about the worst case scenario. Um, recently, I was going to meet my sister and some of her friends in the pub garden this was before you could eat back inside and I knew everyone there and I was so excited to go there and see everyone mm. but I found myself laying in bed the night before and I was just imagining some of them I haven't seen since the beginning of COVID so it's been a while um, I was imagining what if I have nothing to show for how the last year mm. has been um, mm. what if I can't find the table so then I'm walking around the restaurant looking silly um, I was imagining all these scenarios and I felt so physically sick, sick. that yeah. I literally had to sit up in bed yeah. and it was awful. And I totally don't want to take the pa like take underestimate that because I know what that's like and the physical symptoms are so powerful sometimes. But in that moment, what were you really worried about? What was the fear? I think a big one for me at the moment is before I released 21 and Over, I didn't tell anyone about it mm. because I have a thing where I don't like asking for people to tell me that things are good um, or trying to say, oh, look what I'm doing, look what I'm doing. Mm. So, and a lot of people my age will have graduated uni within the last year. So they've sure. accomplished something. And I was nervous going to see these people that I know very well and I get on with and them saying, so what have you been up to in the last year and having nothing to show for it mm. and maybe coming across as lazy or just as if I haven't been doing anything. Mm. And that was... It was quite scary because I don't like that. Sure. No, absolutely. And this is the thing, the anxiety is, is, it's our sort of, our worst enemy because the reality is so different from that, right? And this is what, so I guess hindsight is such a wonderful thing because you look back and you think, no one was even thinking that, no one even asked me that, no one would, was saying that to me, yet I create all these stories in my head because, you know, a lot of the time it's actually a distraction. So the anxiety, the thoughts in our head we use as a distraction to distract us from uncomfortable feelings. So I'm, I'm wondering, actually, if you were sitting there, you know, lying in bed, probably a bit overwhelmed about all of this, the apprehension of all of this, and therefore the anxiety, the thoughts come in as a way of distraction. They distract us from our feelings because we know what's going to happen when we feel anxious, right? We know what the feeling's like. We know what's going to, you know, we know how it's going to end. Whereas you don't know what's going to happen if you sit in that discomfort of, of overwhelm, basically. I've definitely found myself recently, before anything the next day, now that the world is opening up again and things are getting pretty much back to normal, you can go shopping again. Mm. There are so many different changes. As you said earlier, we, we haven't done in so long. Mm. Um, like seeing a group of 30, normally that would be a pretty normal thing to do. But now it's not been done for so long so there's so many thoughts that come in and it just feels so out of my comfort zone yeah absolutely we've been so used to being on our own and not having to present a certain version of ourselves i think we're, we're very used to being able to go out put a mask on this is me and then take it off when we go home we've been so used to just being right that we haven't thought about socially interacting with other people and it's got you know just like it was really hard at the beginning not seeing people it's now it's now really hard seeing people because we've got so used to it and none of us like change right we all we freak out it's the unknown yeah and 
something that I have been seeing recently that I think can be so damaging to a lot of people um, is on TikTok. A lot of people have been saying less than a month till clubs open or even before restaurants open, less than a month till this is opening and I don't have my hot girl summer body. And I, that's the it's worst. So damaging. And it's like these videos of people in the gym, like less than a month to get this figure back that I didn't even have before lockdown. Mm. And I find it so sad because we have survived a pandemic. No one saw this mm. happening. So much has happened. It's gone on for a lot longer than some of us thought. And yet we're worried about how people are going to see our figure. And I'm definitely kind of. Absolutely. I've done that. I'm nervous of how people will see me. But I don't know, I think when in, something like that goes to social media, it feels quite almost... No, it's toxic. Yeah, it's very toxic. It's dangerous because it just exacerbates the anxiety, the fear of what people are going to think. That's what we're so concerned about. And actually, some, you know, especially when we've been so used to not having to worry now, you know, thinking, oh God, what they're going to think. But actually... The reality is none of us have done anything in the last year because we've been in a global pandemic. So of course no one's achieved anything. And, and when people say, oh, what have you been up to? Well, why is it wrong to say nothing? Mm. Why, why can we not just say, oh, I was sitting on my bum watching Netflix? Why is that wrong? We've, we've been sort of conditioned to believe that we've got to look like this. We've got to make sure we've got, you know, achieved this, this and this. And actually, I really think as soon as someone says, oh, I've just done nothing and I'm really happy with it, or I've, you know, I've gained weight or I'm, I'm you know, I've, I've not been worrying about my body. It gives me other people permission mm -hmm. to think, oh, actually, thank God, I don't have to worry about getting the perfect summer body or I don't have to worry about having achieved something in lockdown because I was just trying to survive this last year with all the change and the fear and the the feelings that, that I was experiencing. So I think it's really good to talk about it because so many people, as you say, you know, going on TikTok, on Instagram, and they're thinking, this is what I need to be like, or what, you know, it, for those who haven't really necessarily thought about that and thought about what they're looking like or what they have achieved or haven't achieved in lockdown, to go onto Instagram or social media and see that, it's probably really unpleasant yeah I mean it definitely put me in a negative headspace mm. um and I kind of wondered for the next few days kind of should I go to the gym like should I be doing this should I be doing that and then when those feelings went away it just felt like a like a release of some negativity that I didn't need and like added to the anxiety I already have what do you mean so if the feelings went away when I realized that I don't need to have come out this of the pandemic with oh I see like a smaller figure yeah I mean yeah. I would have liked to in some ways but it's not the be all and end all this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals for me I'm not able to be fully present in a conversation or even daily life if I have something on my mind BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counselling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counsellor. 
You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counsellors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counselling and financial aid is available. Visit betterhelp.com slash holly. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counsellors in all 50 states. We have a special offer for 21 and over listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash holly. That's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash holly. Well, this is, again, it goes back to that thing of what we base our self-worth around. And social media is such a killer for that because it's all external. So it's either, you know, what I've achieved or what I look like. And only then am I deemed okay. That's the problem with social media, I guess. But why can't we just celebrate the fact that we've survived a global pandemic? Exactly. That's such an achievement. That's something to be celebrating for, right? For sure. So when the other day, you know, when you were talking about uh, your anxiety of, of going and seeing your friends and... Um, you, you did mention that you were feeling sick at points. What were the other, can you recognize any other symptoms that you had, physical symptoms or, or perhaps, you know, go, thought patterns that were going on? I was definitely irritable. Whenever I'm very nervous, I don't like if anyone disrupts me. I definitely just have to be by myself, mm. try and get in a zone. Um, and I can't deal with anyone needing mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. I'd say also the sense of danger. Yeah. I actually read a quote, I have it up now, um, by Matt Haig the other day. And it says, anxiety is weird. It's all suspense, no action. It's Jaws without the shark. Yeah. And that's so true. It's so relatable because in Jaws, you know something bad's going to happen and there's the music and everything. Mm. And then sometimes there's no shark. Mm. But that's literally anxiety for me. Well, absolutely. And that's, that's just the thing. It's, it's, this is why, again, we think anxiety is bad, but actually it's just our fear sensors, right? So if anything, we can look at it and think, oh, great, we know that we will be aware if something bad is happening. But it's just when we take it a step too far and when it becomes damaging to us when we when actually what's happening is is the anxiety is taking control of us rather than we're in control of the anxiety because we will feel anxious that's part of life but when we're able to notice that as being anxiety and able to challenge the thoughts so when you're sitting there experiencing all these symptoms which are 100% normal as being anxiety you're able to self-soothe. I think that's the biggest key. You know, you will feel suspense. You will feel danger. It's like this impending doom. It's horrible. And then the worst thing is we don't know when it's going to pass. That's horrible. When we're sitting there and we're like, well, I'm feeling like this and I don't know when it's going to go away. Especially at nighttime. I find it's always a lot worse at nighttime. Um, I don't know what's because it's dark outside and nights always feel very long when you can't sleep. When you're sat there imagining every possible scenario that could go wrong and you look at the clock, like one minute's passed. Mm. And it definitely gives me troubles trying to get to bed and then having a good night's sleep. And I tell you what, I mean, Holly, I so relate. And also, I think 
that is a very common time for anxiety because it's when we're still. We're not running around. We haven't got meetings. We aren't going to see people. And actually, I think this is why for a lot of people in lockdown, the anxiety was, was, was rife. I mean, anxiety, suddenly people who didn't ever think they were anxious people suddenly became anxious or were experiencing feelings of anxiety because they were suddenly still. They were suddenly sitting with themselves. And that's why nighttime, we're kind of getting ready to kind of be still, go into ourselves. And when we're lying in bed on our own at night, suddenly our brain goes into overdrive. Obviously, when we're getting ready for bed and we're, getting into, we're coming into ourselves at the end of a day, those, that's the time when it gives our brain the space to create the stories. That's why we all experience it sometimes more at, at, at night. Yeah. Have you found anything to help with that? I know for me, sometimes if I can get into a good routine before bed, um, but I've also learned that I shouldn't be lying in bed and not sleeping. I've, but I'm not very good at following that. But I, but I also think it's very important not to make it bad or good as in when you get into bed if you don't fall asleep straight away that's not a bad thing obviously there's sleep hygiene is really important trying not to have screens you know preferably an hour before before bed as you said routine is so important um just so that your body now knows oh, okay now i'm going into sleep mode mm. but if you find that you get into bed and you're anxious it's re it's okay and and not then sort of over catastrophizing basically and saying oh gosh well because i've got into bed i'm now not asleep creating fear exactly that creates the fear i certainly relate to that and then what happens is is i i you know if i'm not asleep straight away then i give myself a hard time about not being asleep straight away and and then yeah. it's just a vicious cycle so what helps me when i'm in that state of, of catastrophizing and the fear of not being able to sleep is breathing and there's a technique called rebreathing and essentially it's five slow inhales five slow counts for an inhale and then out for 10 and doing that three times and it sounds simple and it is simple mm -hmm. um, but the thing about breathing is that if we're really if we're only focused on the breath we are not able to think about anything else and it just basically calms the nervous system it calms our mind it mind down i also tell you what does help a lot is sometimes sitting on the edge of our bed with both feet on the floor and just touching around your sort of shoulder areas is basically a technique to bring you back into your body because when we get into our head and we go away with the with the with the stories we can end up god knows where in like another out in another world hours later so sitting with both feet on the floor just sitting on the side of the bed and just tapping around your shoulders it just helps us to basically refocus into ourselves right you know what is interesting about a routine before bed um definitely having Oscar and watching mum put him to bed at night. It's so funny because he knows when it's nighttime compared mm. to his lunchtime nap because at nighttime he has his bottle of milk and then mum reads him two stories and then he's got photos of all of our siblings in his room and one of him and mum and dad and mum goes say like where's Holly he'll point at me where's Jack he points at all of us so then and then they say goodnight to the clock in his room because mm. at nighttime it changes to a different color. So in the morning he knows it's morning time because it goes to blue for the okay. sky. Um, he says goodnight to that. And then mum lets him turn off his lights and then he knows it's bedtime. And it's so interesting seeing even for a baby mm. just having 
the same routine, the same small things, like saying goodnight to a picture. And we're so easily, as adults, it's so easy to get out of that routine, right? Yeah. Because we've been out for a late dinner or because we've ended up watching a binge watching a program that, you know, we're suddenly like, oh, no, it's way past my bedtime now, but I'll watch one more. You know, as, as kids, you're saying he, he doesn't, he can't do that. So he can only stick to his routine, which is why they're so important. And just as, you know, on the topic of routine, actually, just to say the morning routine is also somehow just as important. Getting up and creating a routine like that really sets us up both bookending basically our day, I find anyway. And um, I think a few of my, you know, clients would agree that being able to start your day and end your day with something that you no, and it can be something so simple. I mean, for me, it's getting out of the house first thing. So I go for like a 10, 20 minute walk to get a coffee or walking around the block and it just gets me outside. And that's then my day has started. So it's just little, it doesn't have to be a big thing, but um, routine morning and night for sure. That's interesting. I'm trying to get out the house more myself because something I'm very anxious about, I don't know where it comes from, is walking outside alone and people thinking she has no friends because she's not walking with anyone. Okay, and so remember, yeah. Realistically, I know that people are going to be on their way to work. They're going to be mm. doing their own things. They're not going to think that girl's by herself because she's walking alone. She has no mm. friends. But like subconsciously, that's what I've got in my mind. So I definitely am finding myself, I stay inside as much as I can. Mm. Um, but I'm trying to break that. So even just like, a walk first thing yeah if we play that forward right if we look at that as being worst case scenario people thinking that you have no friends right what if they think that you have no friends what does that mean i think it goes to maybe the identity struggle in a way yeah and kind of thinking that i don't fit into whether the arty friend group or the mm. sporty friend group because I've never really confined to just one of these labels. Mm. Logically, I know that I can go on a walk and I'd be absolutely fine. But I'm definitely working on it at the moment. Um, I'd love to be able to just get up, go out by myself for however long I wanted. And I have a dog, I have truffles, so I have a reason yeah. to go on a walk. <laughs> but there's just something about recently the roads being busier because people are going back to work. Yeah more people and just thinking there's so much more people who are going to think these things well it's also your anxiety channeling it just you know our anxiety has many different ways of channeling itself right sometimes we we can be worried about something from one day to the next that's so different so one day it's i'm worried that i'm going to look like i have no friends to oh i'm worried and then then tomorrow that won't be a problem tomorrow you might be able to walk on your own you see it changes all the time but it's it's a, it's about identity a lot of that and that's really a great thing to be aware of and actually if we look at it and think okay well it's okay that right now I'm working on who I am and what I want and what my life looks like then somehow it takes the power out of it because it's a process you don't have to know you know exactly who you are at this moment in time and none of us do because we're always changing I think it's also really important to highlight and make sure that we affirm ourselves for even though we have those feelings that are you know I'm, I'm afraid that people are going to see me walking on my own and think that I have no friends that you still go out and do it anyway because those are the, the small things that we do that actually take the power out of the anxiety because mm -hmm. every single time that you don't listen to that anxiety thought it, it just takes the power out of it and one and then you'll find after time oh I'm not getting that thought I'm walking on my own and I'm not getting that thought 
that people think that I have no friends anymore. It's actually about doing the thing that we're afraid of, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. So as you were saying, you are aware that a routine really kind of helps you at nighttime, you know, to sort of soothe your anxiety. What, what else would you say that has helped manage your anxiety over over time and and even today what do you find helps in the past i used to be on medication um and i'm no longer anymore it comes good and bad things i'd say one of the things that i forgot about is feeling my feelings um so feeling when i'm anxious but then i also get to feel when i'm really happy mm-hmm. so that's great um but there are also very small things that i do that i guess give myself a bit more confidence like I quite often get my nails done mm-hmm. um it's definitely an obsession of mine and I don't know I always feel very put together when I have a mm-hmm. fresh manicure yeah. fair enough um, too. I'd say face masks and mm-hmm. I love the under eye patches because <laughs> yeah. they're so much less of a hassle because do you ever have it if you put on a face mask and it's so, like one of the sheet ones and it's so cold yeah. <laughs> but do you keep your face masks in the fridge no I keep them in a drawer but they just come out cold <laughs> so these under eye ones they're cold but it's bearable because it's not your whole face <laughs> and what that's a good that's a very good idea what what do you do when you know, when you're in that real spiral, mm-hmm. what do you say to yourself? How do you calm yourself down? Or actually, you know, how do you just sit with it? It depends. Sometimes I will just internalize it, which can lead to me being very irritable. Mm. And I'll find myself snapping at mom or Meg or Tilly for very small things. And then I feel so guilty. Um, so then later on, um, a lot more recently, have I been able to say, you know, I'm sorry I acted like that. I'm just really nervous about this. Mm. Or this has been on my mind a lot. And Mm. I think it's getting to me. So talking about it, but then also finding what it could actually be. Because I think sometimes it gets misplaced. Absolutely. Whether it's, oh, I'm nervous about going up to town. What am I actually nervous about? Mm. Um, Is it that there's going to be more people? so definitely trying to find the source, which isn't always the easiest thing to do. No, absolutely. Because as I was saying, you know, anxiety is the automatic place we can find ourselves when we are experiencing uncomfortable feelings. So when we're feeling sad, even, you know, if we're, if we're sad about something, sometimes that can translate as, as being anxiety because it's easier to feel anxious than it is to feel sad. Mm. For example, it's easy to express you know, anxiety or nervousness than it is to feel sad. So that's that's a really good point. And I also think sometimes it gets difficult when people aren't as mindful of what they say. Mm. Um, for example, I find sometimes that these big words, anxiety, depression, PTSD can be thrown around yeah. over not so big things like, oh, my Uber driver was driving really fast. I've got PTSD. Mm. Um, or... I get anxiety thinking about doing my homework or Mm. something small that is just kind of chucked in there. And I find that that can almost discredit and make me kind of, but you really have that because of that, or Mm. you just saying that. Um, So I think definitely in my family, everyone's very mindful of what they say and I very much respect that. And a lot of the time people are, but I think also social media definitely doesn't help with that. No, no. And I think it, therefore, you know, it's important that 
people are educated generally and, and what these terms mean because I think you know you know as you say PT at the word PTSD the phrase PTSD gets thrown around mm. and actually for someone who has experienced it it's traumatic for someone it to holds say so that. much more weight yeah. than just chucking it around yeah like there are so many things involved well you can feel like your experience has been minimized if, yeah, if someone is like thrown discredited yeah. um, and I just wanted to add also on the conversation around medication it definitely comes with a lot of feelings around it and you can definitely feel quite ashamed of having to take medication I personally was on anti-anxieties and antidepressants and I was quite scared to go on them because it's a process you have to join them and then you also have to come off them wean yourself off them yeah um so it's not something you can start and literally stop the next day but I definitely would just like to say that there's absolutely no shame in needing to take them um they definitely helped me and I am I'm fortunate that I'm not having to use them as much anymore but it's definitely nothing to be ashamed of and I guess if you ever felt that you needed to use them again you you would basically totally yeah absolutely me too 100% <laughs> and I think something to remember is that you're not alone in these feelings of anxiety it's so common I mean even Ryan Reynolds posted about it last week and for someone who's got such a huge platform mm. and just really helps normalize it and makes you feel not so much like an alien I think sure. and I think that's why this you know it's so good to see more and more people talking about anxiety because it's so common yet people are really ashamed to talk about it sometimes because they think that there's something wrong with them and this is why I, I am such a believer in, in speaking about anxiety not being a bad thing and not being you know something to be afraid of it's very unpleasant but it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with us and we all experience anxiety some just more than others basically and i think this is why it's so important to continue this conversation around mental health and today anxiety because it's something that a lot of people suffer with we should normalize these things and not make people feel so alienated for having it I think I would definitely also like to say a huge thank you to everyone for the most amazing messages that I've received in the past few days. The support and the positivity that I've received has just been crazy and so kind and I'm very thankful. I have a DM oh, great. that I think we could answer. The question is, I'm going through a hard time at the moment so I appreciate you opening up. It would be interesting to hear your perspective as I'm the guy who's seen in my social groups as having it all, but I'm finding it so difficult at the moment. What do you think? I can definitely relate to this because I feel on my social media, I definitely seemed like I was having the best time of my life. Hmm. Going out, going to nice dinners, wearing nice clothes, having nice things. Um, but I would say definitely speaking to a close friend it just takes away if you really open up I think it just takes away any of the feelings of you having it better than that person even if they're materialistic feelings mm -hmm. because you're just being honest and you're being so open and so real and I think the more authentic you can be with someone the less they will see you as the person with the expensive things or mm. the flashy whatever it is absolutely i think is absolutely by, by basically saying to someone close within that social group i feel like you think i have it all and i'm finding it really difficult because also we a lot of the time presume that people think a certain thing and 
they actually they might not it just it can be a feeling and that feeling is absolutely valid but sometimes it's very good to check out that feeling with another person because they might completely disagree or they might say but i don't think like that and then suddenly there's this weight being lifted because we've been carrying around this belief the whole time so yeah absolutely right trying to basically exp explaining that this is the feeling that you're having and that actually right now you're finding it really difficult yeah and just being honest because I think by telling them, this is how I feel, you might see me, you know, it might be an uncomfortable conversation, but I think just being honest is genuinely the best way that you guys can get a good outcome out of this. Mm -hmm. 100%, as long as you're authentic. Thank you so much for all the messages so far. You can keep them coming by sending a DM to 21 and over with Holly, or you can send an email to 21 and over at studioramsey.com. Speaking of social media, it's time for Behind the Post. This is where we go back through my recent social media posts and actually discuss what was going on behind the scenes. Great. So what picture are we going to look at today, Holly? Today, it's a fairly recent picture. And whenever I see it on my feed now, I don't like it. Why don't you like it? What's wrong with it? Um, so it was taken in my garden and I... I had been posting quite a lot at that time. It was very recently, and but I had, the two posts that I had done before was one was for International Women's Day and one was for Mother's Day. So I felt as if there wasn't any of just myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I got into this very kind of strange mindset of this post needs to be just about me. And so I put on makeup. I got out this little tripod I have and went into the garden and took loads of photos i took some with truffle but i didn't want truffle in them because i wanted it to, I had on like your a, own yeah. yeah it just had to be me and now looking back it just looks so kind of i don't like it it just feels very i think this is the thing again about social media when you look at when you look at your page you see that as standing out because you perhaps didn't feel comfortable in that time or you you knew it was staged whereas so many people don't know that right and I guess that's why it's important to talk about but also it's okay that it, that's how you felt right it's okay that you wanted to have a post of your own on your social media I think a lot of people can relate a lot of people will you know think oh gosh and they get into their head that the idea of I need to make sure that it looks like this for what for what reason yeah I mean I remember I put on makeup for the photo I changed what I was wearing I made sure the lighting was good and really got ready for this and mm. then after getting the photo i literally went back inside changed back into probably the, the pajama top that i was wearing um took off all my makeup and i was like have i really just done that <laughs> but it's i think it's so important to talk about because i think you know perhaps lots of people do that right it's mm. nothing to be ashamed of and i wonder actually when you were doing it did you feel good Yes and no. Okay. I did, but then when I started overanalyzing the pictures. That's the problem. I was like, oh, no, don't like this one. Like, my eyebrows look weird. Yeah. And, that, and I think it's really important then to, to note that when we're in that state, nothing's going to be good enough. When we're in that state of overanalyzing, it's best just to put it to one side. We can always come back to it. But actually, in that moment, it's never going to be right because we're, we're in a sort of self-criticizing mode yeah and just like this obsession that has to be done now i have to get voted this afternoon so it can be posted tonight you know 
I don't want to wait till tomorrow. I don't want to wait till someone takes a candid photo of me or anything. And I think as well, it's so important to highlight that I wonder why at that moment, you know, when you get that feeling of urgency, I have to do this right now. Normally, like the anxiety, actually, usually it's because it's a distraction. Mm. We're feeling an uncomfortable feeling and we go, right, I need to take a photo for Instagram right now. And it happens so much. It happens, you know, I totally get that because it changes the way we feel. And instantly you were focusing then on, on the picture. But if you're already in a negative mind space, that picture is never going to be good enough. Yeah. And to be honest, I think I probably in a kind of, in a bad way, wanted to see if a photo of me, just me, would do as well in terms mm. of likes and comments as the one for Mother's Day with me and my mum or International Women's Day. Mm. And I think if it was like a self-sabotaging thing, Absolutely. if it had done well, I would have been happy for five minutes. But I can't remember if it even did do as well, but I think I definitely kind of sat there and was like, oh, this person didn't like it, but they liked your Mother's Day yeah. one. Yeah. And, but I think it's good that I noticed that. It's amazing. It's the self-awareness, Holly. And it's so great that you're talking about it because I think so many people will be able to relate to this, the power of the Instagram, right? Mm. The power of posting a photo and what we make that mean. Our self-worth can be reliant then on, on how many likes we get or totally. if a certain person has liked it. And that can have the power to completely ruin our day. Oh, yeah. Tally, thank you so much for being here again today. I've, again, thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Me too. And thank you to everyone listening. It really means a lot. Please don't forget to subscribe to us on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at 21 and over with Holly. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.